So personally, I think it's going to be really close. I'm hoping that the Steelers come in against the Packers and win. Yeah! Go Steelers! So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. It's going to be good. Go team. All right, y'all. That's a go team. Yeah, go team. Whatever, Ryan. So I just want to invite you guys to go ahead and come on down front. Yeah, come um, to the front. Come join us down here. We're going to go ahead and get started. If you guys would just lift your hands with me, we're going to go ahead and, and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're in this place. Lord, we thank you that you're so faithful to come and meet with us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you, you love to be with us, that you love to reveal yourself. We thank you for the promise in your word that says if we draw near to you, that you'll draw near to us. So we draw near to you tonight. Holy Spirit, we ask, would you come into this room right now? We invite you into this room. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in the worship and in the message, Lord, would we, would we be so attentive to what you're doing? Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and do what you, what you want to do, what only you can do. Lord, we're yours. Come, come and have your way. In Jesus' name, let's worship.
Come on around this room, let's just lift our hands. Let's just pray that prayer right now. Lord, rain down in this place. Pour out your spirit, pour out your love. Lord, we want an awakening in our hearts, Lord. God, would you remind us of your faithfulness tonight? Remind us of your nearness, your closeness, Lord. We praise you, Jesus.
Mason. I'm a first-year JLI. So tonight, for what we're going to pray for tonight is just the lost in your schools. You know, the hurting, the broken, the ones that feel alone because they're not alone. So let's just lift them up. So here we go. Liberty High School to you right now, God. I pray that you would just start a revelation that your love is not quiet, your love is not tame. God, that it is a fire and it is just going to spread throughout Liberty High School. I pray for all the Christians in Liberty High School that are just trying to reach the broken right now, God. I pray that you would give them strength, that they would not give up because those broken, they don't know what's coming, God. That you are going to lift them up, that you are going to comfort them, that you are going to give them your perfect peace and it is going to be okay. I pray for all the fear that just surrounds the school, God. I pray that you would just just succumb it with your love, God, that your love is strong. Your, your love conquers, conquers all, God. I pray for the teachers right now, God, that whenever they get angry at a student, God, whenever they get angry and whenever they get tired, God, that they would not lose focus, God, that they are there for the students and nothing more, God. I pray for just every, every broken heart, God, that they would not give up even when they're feeling tired, even when they're feeling down, even when they're feeling like there's nothing left for them to do, God, that you are there. I pray that they would just know whenever they run farther away, God, that you pursue them even more. You are always with us. Thank you. Heavenly Father, right now I just pray over the schools in Colorado Springs, or right now we declare that we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you to come and move in our schools, to come move in our city, to come move in our hearts. So Jesus, right now, I pray specifically for CSCS. I pray that you'd bring salvation to the students there. I pray, Lord, that we'd realize how dependent we are on you, Jesus, that we need your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that your Spirit would begin to move in the believers, even here in this room, Lord. Would you raise us up as your disciples, raise us up as your leaders who would go out and preach the gospel and would share your Spirit, share your love, Lord. I pray that you would Lord, just empower us to go out and preach, Lord, that we preach in complete boldness, that you give us words to speak, Lord, and as we go, that we go in the authority that you've given us, Lord, that when you won on the cross, when you died for us, Lord, you won the victory over sin, you won the victory over fear, you won the victory over the devil, so we pray your spirit over our schools, over our hallways, over our friends, over the lost souls in our schools, and that we ask, Lord, that you come and move. We need you, Holy Spirit. Yes, God, I just bind everything in your name, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with the ones that are hurting, the ones that are broken, Lord God, that they are not alone, that you stick closer than a brother. So thank you, God, for coming into our school campuses, that you would flip it upside down, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for entering that schools, the schools around Colorado Springs, that you are there, that you are present. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go back to worship. We just saved you guys a lot of heartache. That could have been bad. That could have been really bad. Well, guys, while we fix this technical difficulty, let's just take advantage of the fact that we don't need a song to praise God. We can just stand here right now. Yes. <laughs> so, God, we just thank you so much that you're faithful to us. 
Lord, that through technical difficulties, sometimes even with technical difficulties, you use those things to kind of set us free and get us out of our skin a little bit and get us out of our rigid routines. And, and so God, I just thank you that you are faithful and that you are worthy and you meet us in every situation that sometimes we aren't ready for. A lot of times, most of we aren't ready for what you're gonna give us and the situations that are gonna come our way. But God, we just step into it and we just choose to, choose to praise you and to give you the honor and glory that you're due through it all. So Lord, thank you. Yeah, let's just do it without it.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We are DSM, yeah? Man, it's been the longest seven days of my life. I cannot wait to get back in this building with you guys. How many of y'all were here last week? Let me hear some woos. Now, now, woo Texas style. How many of y'all were in here last week and you had a good time? Let me hear you. Yeah? All right, sweet. We want to welcome our VIPs. If you don't know what a VIP is, that's our first time visitors. Can DSM, can we welcome the brand new faces in this room tonight? Can you do a better job than that? Love our VIPs. Without VIPs, we're not doing our job, man. We need to see that whole area filled with people. We need to expand our VIP section because there's a lot of people that don't know about Jesus. And there's a lot of people who see church as lame. You may be one of them tonight. You may have come in here going, man, I was invited by my friend, but man, this Lion of Judah talk, I don't get it. I don't know why they're singing about animals so much. You know, we gotta just, we gotta understand how people see us. But you know what's gonna make the difference? Say what, Dave? Guess what's gonna make the difference? Say what, Dave? How we treat people, right? It's how we give of ourselves. It's how we love one another. We connect with them. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So I was in Texas a couple of months ago, right? And I, one of my favorite things to do is hike, okay? I know you're like, oh, dude, do you lift, bro? No, I do not lift. Um, I lift a fork to my mouth. That's about as much as I do. But I love hiking. So, so I was hiking in Texas, and one of the spots where God has spoken to me a lot, okay? And I'm on the back trail where no one is at, and I was walking. And this is before I knew anything about DSM and what God was wanting to do with leading me here and all that. But here's what happened. I was praying. And how many of y'all can identify with a prayer that sounds like this? God, am I in front of you or behind you? Or am I just completely off on the wrong path? Anybody ever pray a prayer like that? I pray those prayers all the time. I don't have a special connection to God that you don't have. I have to go to him the same way you do. And so I was just walking and through the, through the trail and I was by myself and I was like, God, am I ahead of you? Am I behind you? What are you doing with me? I just felt restless. And up ahead, there was this woman, a younger woman with a little boy, probably four or five years old. 
and like my first thought was, oh my gosh, why are they back here? This is this could be dangerous for them, right? They could get attacked, and and I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, they shouldn't be back here. They must be lost. Well, they looked at me. They turned around and looked at me, and I was walking, and I'm all sweaty and gnarly, and I'm, they look at me like, oh my gosh, this guy's gonna come and attack us. He's the one that he right. So I was like, no, 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 I'm just trying to pass through. So I passed by, and I kept on going. I'm like, I'm not going to attack you. Please don't spray me in the face with mace. And the woman said this. She said, sir, it's like me? Like there's anybody else out there. Me? She's like, yeah, you. She said, I've lost my keys, the keys to my car, and we're trying to retrace our steps. And this is a huge park. She said, we can't find the keys and we're stuck and we don't even live here. I said, oh my gosh. I said, I'm so sorry about that. I said, so um, I tell you what, if I find the keys, I'll come back the exact same way and get you the keys or I'll meet you down at the front. She said, thank you so much. So I left. I'm just cruising and I'll just kind of, if I see the keys and all of a sudden God told me, no, 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 David, this is a divine appointment. And I'm like, all of a sudden I felt this burden to find this woman's keys. But guys, there's like a thousand acres out there. And so I'm looking and I'm, all of a sudden I was reminded of this passage. I never think about this Bible passage, y'all. So don't think that I'm extra spiritual by pulling this one up. I haven't thought about, this is like a deep cut. Like this is one I haven't looked at in a while. But it's this verse and I want to read it to you and I was reminded of it as I was looking for this woman's keys. And it's this, it's in Luke, it says, Jesus says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she can call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I found my lost coin. Jesus says in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one person repents and returns to him. So I had thought about this passage and I'm like, Oh God, I need to tell her the story about the lost coin because she's lost her keys. She'll get it. As soon as I prayed that, guys, I'm not even joking. I looked down and right in front of my toe, literally right in front of my right foot were these set of keys. Wow. Oh, oh, I promise I'll make this quick, guys. No, I won't. So anyway, the keys are in front of my feet. I'm like, I almost soiled myself, okay? And I reached down, I picked up the keys, I walked back to her and I hold them up. And I said, um, hey, you looking for these? She's like, you've got to be kidding. I'm like, no, I'm not. I found your keys. So I gave them to her, but here's what happened. I said, I just realized this whole hike, you losing your keys has nothing to do with keys and me hiking and being here at the same time. I said, I'm telling you. She's like, well, what do you mean? I said, I don't want to freak you out, but here's what you need to understand. There's this woman who lost a coin and I told her the parable. And the Holy Spirit gave me the words to say it almost verbatim. And I said, I want to let you know, I don't know where you're at in your life or what's going on. I said, but God is fully aware of what's happening in your life. And he's brought me on your path to lose your keys so that I could find them to tell you that he loves you. And he's got a plan for your life and you have not been forgotten about, about, by him. She begins to cry. Now guys, I was just three minutes before that going, Lord, what about me in my life? What about my world? What am I gonna do? What are you gonna do with me? You're forgetting about me. All of a sudden, when I took the focus off me, he put it on some keys and he put it on a woman. And you know what she told me? She said, my son and I had just moved from San Francisco and I, was, I left my abusive husband and we're down here and we're trying to figure out our life and we have no idea what's next. I said, well, the God loves, he loves you. He loves the widows, he loves the orphans. He loves those who have been 
thrown off to the side and abused. He, he goes after them, and heaven rejoices when one comes back just like you. Guys, I prayed with her on that trail. So I leave, and I have this moment. But then God said, hey, Dave, are you still wondering if you're on the right path, at the right place, at the right time? I went, oh, God, that is so like God. And I share that with you because when we take our focus off of us and we look at those who are in need around us, God not only blesses the person that you're blessing, he blesses double. He go, his blessings go both ways. I wasn't looking for a blessing, but this woman got blessed. She got encouragement. She heard that God loved her, but I left going, God, you're amazing. Thank you for giving me some of that too. I share that with you to say, there's a lot of different ways to give to God but his blessings go both ways. Now don't give to get. I wasn't looking to give to get that day, but he loves a cheerful giver. So as we, as we worship through our giving, he doesn't need your money. God is not worried about how to pay the electric bill in heaven, all right? But you know what he wants? He wants your heart. And one of the things that could steal our heart is our own selves and our greed and satisfying our needs, going, what about me, what about me? What about him? What about those that you're going to help and bless through your giving? So let's pray for the offering. Give generously. And by the way, guys, can I tell you something? Last week in DSM was the biggest night of giving in over a year. Good for you guys. Well done. I love a generous youth group. Father, in the name of Jesus, expand our time. There's a long-winded preacher up here that won't shut up, but he's excited about you. And he's excited about who you are. So bless our giving and may we worship you generously knowing that the blessings go both ways. For the sake of your kingdom, amen.
What is up, DSM? Man, are y'all tired tonight? Y'all doing all right? Are y'all excited about Jesus at all? Anybody excited about Jesus? Man, all right, I gotta tell you the story before we get into anything. Can I tell you a quick story, a jacked up story? This is really a jacked up story. So, I was speaking at this camp this past summer. So one of the things I do is I travel and I speak and I talk to students that look just like you and they're amazing. And anyway, one of the things, and this is a good offer for you guys. So if you missed the first week when I was here, one of my favorite things to do is to sit right here on the stage and just look eye to eye and just hear your story and whatever you want to tell me. I mean, seriously, I'm like, I love that. I want to spend time with you. I want to hear your stories. I want to know what you're about. Um, so anyway, I, I make that offer wherever I go because I love people's stories. I'm fascinated by them, right? And so there's this girl, and this is junior high camp. This girl, she comes up, and she is uh, 13 years old, cheerleader. Exactly what you think she looks like, okay? She's got, like, the blonde hair, blue eyes. She's got the bow. She's just like this little doll. And she comes up to me, and she's like, can I eat lunch with you and tell you my story? And I was like, oh, yes, you can. You're so precious, right? So anyway, so lunch rolls around, and I sit down, and her counselor, her camp counselor is with her, her cabin, and, uh, and this girl. So I say, hey, well, tell me what's going on in your world. I'll listen. Tell me whatever you want. She's like, well, here's what's going on. She's like, my, my mom and dad are getting divorced. And I was like, oh, man, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that. It just breaks my heart, and it doesn't. It doesn't stink less. And uh, so she goes on to explain what's going on. She said, so here's the deal. She said, my dad cheated on my mom with her best friend. And I'm like, okay, Jerry Springer episode. I think that was Tuesday's episode, right? And then she goes on to explain that there's all this drama. So dad got to keep the nice house. And now her and mom have to, they're in this one bedroom apartment where they have a curtain hanging down and they split a bedroom. And she went from this really nice house to this one bedroom apartment where she's just like hating her life. Her mom's really angry. Her mom is always yelling at her. Her dad is getting married to the mom's ex-best friend, right? And it's just a mess, right? So as we sat at this picnic table at this camp, I said, well, man, how did you feel when you found all this out? She's like, oh, she's like, I got so angry. She said, I ran out of my dad's house. My parents, had, we, we live on some acreage and we raise animals and she's, we live on this farm. And so we went, I went into the, the little chicken coop and I went in there and I pulled out my pet chicken. And I'm like, okay, we're, I'm thinking to myself, where is this going? What do you mean you pulled out your pet chicken? Okay. She said, I pulled out my pet chicken. I'm just listening. She doesn't know that I'm in my mind. I'm going, oh, dear Lord. I, this, so pull out my pet chicken. She said, I was so angry. I just picked it up, and I killed my pet chicken. <laughs> Guys, they, you, they, they can't pay you enough to know how to handle these things. I'm, I'm like, what do you do with, like, this homicidal freakazoid who's killing chickens at anger management, right? And so I look at her. And I'm still trying to be professional, okay? But I'm thinking in my head, oh, my gosh, I should have brought my mace with me, you know? And so she says, I killed my chicken. I said, well, hold on, slow down. What do you mean you killed your chicken? How did you kill your chicken? Now she sucked me into her vortex. And now I'm like, I'm just mesmerized by the story. I was like, well, how did you kill the chicken? She's like, I just picked it up. She said, I was just so angry that I took it just right against the wall. Killed the chicken. Cheerleader. 
And now I'm, I'm completely at a loss for words, which is really rare. And so I asked her this question. I'll, now I want to know the whole story. I'm not even in counselor mode anymore. I'm just like in what the heck mode. I said, oh, my gosh, you killed your chicken that way? She's like, yeah. So, well, what was the chicken's name? It's a pet. The chicken's name, she said, his name was Lucky. I said, let me tell you something, young lady. There's nothing lucky about that chicken. So I share this story with another camp like two weeks later because I'm trying to pray. This is like therapy for me, right? So I share the same story. Everybody goes, oh, how ironic. The chicken's name was Lucky. He was splattered on a wall like in, you know, whatever. And there's these two girls up front rolling. They're laughing like extra hard. And I'm like, I know it's funny, but not that funny. But then I'm like, they kept laughing. I couldn't go any further. I'm like, okay. What the heck is so funny about my story? They're like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, what? We have a chicken story that just happened. I'm like, listen, I'm not traveling the country trying to collect dead chicken stories. What? What is the story? They're like, we live on acreage. I'm like, okay. And they're like, we have pet chickens too. But like two weeks ago, one of our pet chickens ran out into the field and was running really fast. We can't catch them. A coyote comes out, goes over, and completely eats our chicken alive right in front of us. And I'm like, this is terrible. Stop telling me these stories. But I said, what was the chicken's name? Speedy. What the heck? How can you make this stuff up? Jacked up stories. If you remember... My very first night with you guys, which I loved, I shared my jacked-up story. How many of you were here? The armpit, nair. Okay, we're going to have that sermon uploaded on the DSM podcast. We're going to get that going again. So if you want to hear all the things that I shouldn't have said, it's going to be recorded and you can listen. But that, that one's going up. Um, it was a dating nightmare, and you'll just have to listen to the podcast. I don't have time to retell that story tonight. But jacked-up stories. There's something about jacked-up stories that make us lean in a little bit, right? We're like, and then what happened, right? There's a sick part of us that loves a good jacked-up story. But you know who the biggest fan of jacked-up stories is? God. Biggest fan of jacked-up stories you'll ever meet in your life. And you go, oh, what? That, that doesn't sound exactly right. Really? Have you read the Bible? Guys, you can't get out of the first couple of chapters of Genesis without seeing some jacked-up stuff. You have siblings murdering one another. This is jacked up. Now, some of you are like, yeah, that, I really want to put that part of the word to action, Dave. Uh, I want to murder one of them. I said, no, don't murder your siblings. That's wrong. That's Old Testament. We're to grace now. But, man, we got, we got all sorts of stuff, drunkenness and, and just all sorts of debauchery and prostitution and, and people who are sorcerers. And it's all in the Bible unqualified, forgotten about people that people go, oh, you don't have the pedigree, you don't have the education, you don't have what it takes, you're disqualified. Society would tell certain people these things, and then God goes, oh, you're so jacked up, you're actually someone I can use. Because the people who think they've got it all together and they got the perfect spiritual pedigree, and they, they have the spiritual vanity, like look at me and how holy I am, God can't do anything with someone like that. Because that's the spirit of a Pharisee. Jesus looked at the people who were the rule keepers, and they were perfect, and they did everything just right the way it was supposed to be, and it was called self-righteousness. And Jesus said, you look amazing on the outside, but on the inside, you're a dead man's tomb. You're a whitewashed tomb. There's nothing beyond what we can see. 
But give me someone, God says, that can humble themselves before me, jacked up, and I can make something beautiful out of that. How many of y'all in here are willing to admit, I'm jacked up? Hey, I'm raising my hand too. I'm jacked up too. God found this washed up, uneducated musician and said, now that's someone I can use because they have nothing to offer. I'm your youth pastor now. Blame God. So jacked up stories. The Bible's full of jacked up stories. But I love that God loves taking jacked up stories and making something beautiful out of them. That way, who gets the credit? It's God. One of my most favorite jacked up stories I'm going to share with you tonight. It's in Mark chapter 5, and I'm going to start off in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, open up. Otherwise, the verses are going to be on the screen. i got a lot to tell you in a very short amount of time, so you all need to pray and listen fast. Here we go. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. So they, Jesus and his disciples, arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. Everybody say Gerasenes. Okay, so what you got to understand, this is a Gentile region. This is not a Jewish area. And that's important to know here in a couple minutes when we start seeing some animals incorporated into the story. But when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery from where? to meet Jesus. How many of y'all can already smell a jacked up story about to take place? Okay. Now, some of you, you're like, oh, I've heard this story before. I know what happens. No, you don't. You don't get it. Because here's the part about the story that you're going to miss, unless I point it out on the front end. You're one of the characters in this story. You have to decide which one you are. So there's this guy Jesus, now what you got to understand, in the, the previous chapter, he's been doing lots of ministry, guys. He's tired. He was fully man and fully God, but Jesus would get tired. He would get thirsty. He would get hungry. He would get worn out. He would even get irritated with people. Jesus understands our weaknesses, but he doesn't run from them and judge them. He goes, oh, let me enter in because I know I've suffered everything you've suffered, and I can show you how to get through this. So there's a dude who comes out from a cemetery. Now, guys, think about this. Like, like imagine my first night here at DSM last month, okay? And I pull up to the parking lot. I get out of the parking lot. And let's imagine that there's a cemetery right next door to New Life Church. And I get out of my car, and I got my beautiful little family, and I'm ready to come in and preach to you guys and get to meet y'all. And all of a sudden, this dude comes out of the cemetery saying, hey, welcome to New Life, bro. Really? Really? How many of y'all would love that? There's always like two people go, oh, I'd love that. Well, let me, let me throw one more detail your way. Maybe let's see if you'd love it. Homeboy comes out of a cemetery to greet Jesus naked. Okay, jacked up story has now initiated, okay? So Jesus is, <laughs> he's facing this guy. Like, if it were me, guys, don't pull this. If you come in our youth group with no pants on, I'm going to say, bro, you got to put some slacks on before you come to church. This is weird, and it's gross, right? This is in the Bible. You go, the Bible's boring. How in the world can it be? How Like, this is such an amazing story that just starts out like this. I could say, in Jesus' name, amen, right now, and just go home, because this is an amazing story. But there's more. What happens is, is the Scripture pulls back the curtain And gives us an insight to this man's life. Listen to this. It says, this man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and he smashed the shackles. Hit the pause button. Do you understand what's happening here? The guy's creepy. He's naked. He lives in a cemetery. 
and the townspeople are constantly running to Home Depot to get chains to tie the guy down. Have you ever tried? Imagine this, this imagery, wrestling this naked guy down who lives in a cemetery to make him behave, and it doesn't work. It's like, Elmer? Yes. Hey, that creepy naked dude just snapped some more chains. Go and stop by the Home Depot on your way home. Oh, really, honey? Yeah. This is their world, guys. Crazy. But listen to this. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night. Now listen to this. This is the part that actually makes me sad. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, and he would howl, and he would cut himself with sharp stones. You see, I've been doing youth ministry long enough that it's really hard for someone to truly fool me. I know that you guys are passionate worshipers, and I know that you guys know how to hear from God, and I know you guys, many of you, you love God, you're passionate about God. But I've been hitting on this point really hard since I walked up here for the first time, and it's the issue of wearing masks. You see, the truth is, is that some of you can absolutely identify with this guy. Not that you're creepy and you're eating people's faces off running around naked and get your mail at a cemetery, but you can go, you know what? How many of y'all would agree this guy probably feels alone and misunderstood? How many of y'all would hear that in, in the story? He's misunderstood. He's alone. And he cuts himself. He's a cutter. And some of you, you're like, I can't believe that he's talking about this and that the scriptures actually talk about cutting. Because it seems like such a modern issue. But guys, it's been going around. It's been happening for thousands of years. Number one, you're not judged here for cutting. It's a symptom. It's not the illness. I would never want you to stop cutting just so we wouldn't have to see the scars. I'd want you to stop cutting because there's a pain within you that you don't know how to reconcile or deal with. But maybe this is the point for you to come into this room tonight. I want to let you know that Jesus can cover and break and heal whatever is in you that's leading you to these places of desperation and harm. He can, and he will. He's done it for me. Let's see if he can do it for this guy. So this guy is a cutter, and he's living this lonely existence. And what I want to tell you is my first point is this, man. We don't have to fix ourselves before coming to Jesus. Guess what? Here's the beginning of the good news tonight, guys. You don't have to fix yourself before you come to Jesus. You can come to him as you are. Thank you. Let's see if anybody else will get on the same page. Check this out. Miss Malone misunderstood. Can I tell you something for those who feel like you have to wear a mask? God doesn't want to write a story in your life that requires you to wear one, okay? And starting with me up here, I'll be the first. You want to know? You want to know anything about me, man? I'll tell you. Some of it's not pretty. Some of it's not glamorous. Some of it is absolutely shameful. But you know what? i got to set the tone, right? You're looking at a recovering pornography addict. And when I say that, I was a youth pastor when I was an ad addicted to pornography. A youth pastor, guys. If someone had told me four years ago, that's all that I'd be standing on a stage in Colorado Springs as a youth pastor again, telling a room full of strangers that I had that addiction, I would have gone, did I lose my mind in 2017? That was my darkest, 
dirtiest secret. I carried this burden with me. And when I would worship like this, I would worship it from a hopeful, like, oh, I hope this is true for me, but God, I'm such a loser. I'm such a gross person on the inside. And yet, Jesus says, you don't have to fix yourself before you come to me. And so I gave it over to him finally. I got so sick of it, I wanted to vomit. I'm like, God, take it away. Oh, and he took it away, but it was in me deep. 2012 was a very painful year for me, but you know what? He did surgery on me, and he put me back together because he knew that I would be standing on the stage in front of you guys saying, let's take off the masks. I'll go first. Here's this guy. Now, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, bowed low before him. Hold on a second. If this guy's possessed with demons, which we're going to find out exactly how many, he's demon-possessed, he's naked, he lives in a cemetery, he has no hope, he's a cutter, and he's running to Jesus and he bows before him. Now, if he's demon-possessed, wouldn't Jesus be like the last person he would want to run to? Like, think about that. Why is he running to Jesus in this story? I think it's the same reason why some of you are here tonight. Even though this guy may be jacked up, even though he made the last place he'd want to be is in the presence of Jesus, there's that part within us in our quieter moments. Once we move past our philosophies and theologies about God and is he real, there's a part of us that each and every one of us wants to know, is there really a God and does he care about me? And I think as jacked up as this guy is, there's enough of that hunger within him like there is in you where you're wanting to run to Jesus. And maybe in here tonight you were invited by a friend. And this is your attempt at running to God saying, if you're real, then prove it. Because I'm lost and I'm sad and I need hope. And this world is a ridiculous place to live in. It's hell on earth. If you're real, then you better show me. Some of you got invited by a friend tonight. And you're asking this question and I'm telling you it's okay. You're hungry. Let's see how Jesus handles this hunger. Well, with a shriek, this man yelled out. He said, why are you interfering with me, son of the most high God? Now, hold on. We're switching tracks here. What's happening here? What's happening is the dude is getting close to Jesus. There's that hunger in him. But then the distractions come. And you may have someone sitting next to you right now who won't shut up behind you. And they're talking to their friend and they're distracting you. Or maybe right now you just got the text. Or maybe you just got that notification. You got four new friends on Instagram. Congratulations, by the way. And you're like, oh. And all of a sudden the distractions are taking place in here right now. The enemy's trying to take over and bring distraction to this man's life. He goes, Jesus He's not, he's not turning me away. I'm naked and I'm, I live in a cemetery. Don't you understand my history and my past? And Jesus is seeing him. He's not saying, no, put pants on. He's not saying, get out of here, creepy bones. No. But all of a sudden, the demons take over. They go, whoa, 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 whoa. And this is what they say. Why are you interfering with me, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of this man. Now, what in the world is going on here? You see, here's what's interesting. Do you realize the demons just called Jesus son of the most high God? The demons just said that. Is that weird to you? It sure is to me. Because we just said the same things through our songs. 
Lion of Judah, right? He's roaring with power. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. What is the difference between that and a demon going, every knee bow before the lion? Whoa. Does that weird you out? Because it sure does me. What's the deal? The scripture has bothered me. And then the Lord showed me what it means for you. The demons call Jesus son of the most high God. And I bring this up because you may come to church. And you may live in a home that has scriptures and picture frames hanging up. One of those kind of houses. Those houses always smell good. Have you noticed that? They smell like potpourri and it's just amazing. It's like a Christian Pinterest house. (laughs) You may have been raised in one of those places. Your parents may be serving on a high level at this church. You may have been raised in this church. You may have all of the Christian just stuff around you that would say, oh, that kid, that student, of course. You may be a student leader. You may go to Unite, which everybody should go to, by the way, on Thursday nights at the World Prayer Center, by the way. What a rare breed of passionate God followers who would show up the night after youth group to do more youth group, but not youth group for fun. There's no balloons in there. There's no shaving cream. There's prayer and there's intercession. I'm so proud of those who show up and make the sacrifice to go to Unite. Y'all need to go. Thank you. A little extra, a little bonus, but I mean it. I'm looking forward to going to it, by the way. But here's the thing. I bring this up because you may go to church. You may even agree, and you go, read the Bible, and you go, yep, I agree with those statements. What does James have to say? You see, I want to tell you something, guys. The reason why I'm standing on the stage tonight, and I went from being a washed-up musician to standing here as your youth pastor, is this exact situation. You see, I knew a lot about God. I even agreed that Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah, of course. I agree with the principles of the Bible. But that's not the question. The question is, do you know a lot about God or do you know Jesus personally? It's an eternity's difference, guys. And as I was laying in the ER, looking at a ceiling going, God, I don't know if I'm going to live to see the sun set today. This was my question. You see, the thing is, James says this. He says, you have faith for you believe that there's one God? He's being sarcastic here. He goes, oh, good for you. That's so impressed. I'm so impressed by that. He says, good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without works or good deeds is useless? In other words, unless there's a transformation in you, you could say you follow Jesus. I can say I follow that guitar. It doesn't matter. It's just words. It's just behaviors. It's just saying no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. But that's not the question here, guys. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus died on the cross, took the justice and the penalty for your wrongdoing, including the pride that you have for your self-righteous acts. He died for those sins as well, and they're just as disgusting in God's sight. And he died, and he suffered separation from the Father, relationship with him for the first time in all of eternity, separated from God. Jesus became sin, who knew no sin, 
And then he dies, and he goes to hell, and he pays the price completely, rises again on the third day, and defeats hell, death, and sin. He overcame it all. Not because you were there. Not because you were cheering him on. No, Jesus says, you were enemies of me. And while you were still yet my enemy, I died for you. You have nothing to do with this. And we come to Jesus at some point in the same way that this man is. You have nothing pretty to offer God. Get over it. It's Jesus plus nothing. This demon-possessed guy is clued into something that some of you need to be clued into. He comes to Jesus just as he is. So my question for you tonight is this. Do you know about God or do you know Jesus? Not does your grandmother know him, not does your friend know him. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Well, Jesus looks at this guy, and the jacked up part isn't done. So Jesus looks at the jacked up guy. He says, what's your name? Well, Jesus knew what his name was. And you know what they said? They said back to him, you mean homeboy has more than one demon? Oh, you don't even know. They said, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside of this man. Don't you love that when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't say, hey, get a haircut, change the bands that you like, stop doing this, stop doing that, fix yourself. No, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This man needs rest for his soul. He's infested with demons. And he doesn't say, fix the outside. Jesus saw what the problem was. He said, you're infested with demons. This is your problem. And we're about to fix it. Because Jesus is a fixer. So the evil spirits begin to beg Jesus. Here comes the most craziest part of the story. I love this story. So they begin to say, oh, Please don't send us off into some distant place. In other words, they didn't want to leave their region. Here's what you got to know about spiritual warfare, guys. When you start going to your schools and you begin to speak into the eternal and the, the things that are beyond what we can see in the temporal, and you begin to pray over those lockers as you go by to your next class, and you begin to witness and you begin to share Christ with people in a real way, you got to understand that that is a region that is held by the enemy. It just is. We don't need to be afraid of it. We don't need to run from it. Jared Newman said this Sunday, and I love it. He said, light is the aggressor. Darkness goes away when light enters in. You have the light of the world within you. And so when you go into these regions, also known as your school, you have to understand the enemy's not going to be really thrilled with your presence there. He would rather you just play, play it safe and not say anything. He would rather you just say yes to the party and go get hammered like all the rest of your friends do at school. He would rather you just sleep around with your boyfriend or girlfriend and just not make any difference whatsoever. Yeah, sure, you can wear your DSM t-shirt. That's fine. That's not threatening. But someone who is fully submitted to Jesus and they go, no, I'm bringing light into darkness because there's people hurting. Compassion, right? Living second. So here we are. There happen to be a hard, large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby and the demons get this idea and they say, I got it. Send us into those herd of pigs over there. Let us enter them. Y'all ready for the jacked up part of the story? Y'all ready? I ain't going any further unless you're ready. I just, I'm, I'll, I'll stop right here and just give the altar call. Y'all ready to hear some messed up stuff? Bill and I are at Starbucks across the street. Glory to God. 
And we're sitting in those beautiful leather chairs that the blessed and highly favored get to sit in, because there's only two of them typically, four over here on Interquest. And so we're sitting there, and imagine there's a big window, and we go, oh, there, that's that prophet. He claims to be the son of God. And we're just sitting there kind of, and we're like, oh, my gosh, there's Creepy Bones who lives in the semi. Why is he talking to him? Imagine this, right? Get this. And we're like, okay, put down your caramel macchiato, smack your mama drink, and let's watch what's about to happen, because this is going to be jacked up. All of a sudden, naked demon-possessed guy. All of a sudden, (laughs) demons are flying out of this guy left and right. And we're going, oh, my gosh. We are seeing this in real time, right? Now, in the Scripture, it says that the evil spirits entered into these pigs that were eating on a hillside nearby. It was an entire herd of about 2,000 pigs. And they plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Now, see, y'all aren't getting it. You're not, you're not, what? Are you serious? Now, imagine, you're just a pig minding your own business, doing pig stuff. This little pig hoof, okay? You're just like, mm, I'm just doing my thing. I'm just a pig. And I just, I, all of a sudden, boom. You're like, oh, I feel like I got the flu. What's wrong with me? Uh, and you look around and you see all your little pig friends and your family. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you're creeping me out. You have horns. And you look weird, and, and right, you're just getting vibed out, and all of a sudden, it dawns on you, you're like, oh my gosh, there's some devil up in my bacon. I got, this is not right. This is not right, but pigs are smart. They don't go, well, back to usual. No, you know what these pigs do? They go, well, I guess that's it for us, gentlemen. Ladies, time to kill ourselves, and there's this mass suicide. Now, do you get what I'm saying? So imagine, the pigs are like, I love you, mama. Right? And they start running towards the cliff, and they're all, I believe I can fly. Right? 2,000 pigs are now dead, floating upside down in the water. And guess what happens? Say what, Dave? Everyone starts to freak out. Why? Well, I don't know. But it says, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there now. Fully clothed? All right. You see, when there's a heart change, the external change takes place up the road. We need to worry about people's hearts. Quit judging people by the way they look. We look at the heart. We care for the heart. Let Jesus worry about their fashion choices and hair color if they've got it, which I don't. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Hold on. The problem is fixed, and this is now where the townspeople are going, oh, my gosh, I'm so afraid right now, y'all. And guess what the crowd does? They begin to beg Jesus to get out. You mean Billy Bob doesn't have to go to Home Depot anymore and buy chains to chain this creepy naked guy down? Jesus fixed a problem that they could not fix themselves. And why in the world are they now afraid? Why are they now saying, Jesus, just get out of here? Why? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because these pigs represented their lifestyle. These pigs was the college savings. These pigs were how they paid cell phone bills and paid for their house and bought you a car when you were 16, princes, right? It's all of those things. And now it's floating upside down. You see, their identity was more in those pigs than they were understanding that the Savior of the the world Jesus was right in front of them. And they're like, Jesus, 
thanks for fixing my problem, but we want you to leave. You go, oh, well, David, I don't know who I am in this story. Well, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I hope he shows you right now. Because the question I've got for some of you in here is this. What are the pigs that you're choosing over Jesus in your life? The truth is all of us are living second. That's the name of the series, Live Second, right? Everybody in here is living second. Great. The question is, what's really first in your life? I have found that it's very easy to worship and show up to youth group, but have the other things first in your life. Guys, many days I live first still. It's a daily battle for me, and it is for you too, and I get it. So I'm not here to guilt you, but let the Holy Spirit convict you. Is it a boy? He may be good. He may be sitting next to you, not to make it awkward. But is he, does he get the best of you? Ladies, is that the question for you to ask yourself, who's the pig in your life, gentlemen? Could it be a girl? And oh, my gosh, she, like, is the perfect one for you, right? All the criteria. But there's that one thing in your relationship that you know probably crosses a line but you can't let it go. But then you open up God's word and you start stumbling into passages that talk about some of the things that you've been involved in. And you go, no, Jesus. You see, guys, here's what we do. We go to Jesus and say, Jesus, fix my problem. Jesus, I need to get into this college. Please let me be accepted. God, I need this scholarship. God, please heal this person in my life. God, help me not to be so lonely. God, I need this car. I need these things, and I want to let you know that the Father delights in giving those things to his children, man. Please hear that. But then he says, hey, no problem. I will honor you. I love you. You're my child. I want to serve you and bless you. But then... He says, hey, by the way, though, let's talk about these pigs. I'm going to put a hyper guy from Texas with a white ball cap to talk about this. And all of a sudden you go, whoa, 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 that's off limits, God. But then Jesus says, no, I'm not going to share my heart, your heart with a pig. It's either me or the pigs. Make a decision. But you can't have two number ones in your life. Either you're living second and it's a hashtag that you really live out or it's just something that's nice. What are the pigs in your life? And you already know what they are because you're thinking about them right now. What are the pigs that need to go tonight? We're going to open the altar here in a second. And you got to lay those pigs down. Jesus is not going to hang out and allow you to keep pigs in his temple. Is that too hardcore? But what about the demon-possessed guy? Jesus is leaving. They're like, Jesus, get out of here. You killed our identity. The things that we wrapped our security in, you've killed. Bye. Jesus says, okay. So he gets in the boat. But the demon-possessed guy that's now been healed, he's got clothes on. He's got dockers on. He's got a, little, got a little polo shirt on. He goes to Jesus like, Jesus, no, I want to follow you. I want to go with you. I, I want to get in the boat. got to get out of here. These people, hate my guts. And you know what Jesus says? No. What? I thought we are supposed to follow Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says I'd rather, rather you do. Jesus says, no. I'd rather you go home to your family and tell them everything that the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. In other words, go share the story that I'm writing in your life. I'm writing a new story in your life. And you know what this guy does? He goes on tour. Everybody say tour. He goes on tour, and it says that he began to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. It is so good because it's a great story. Jack 
fucked up story. Jesus intervenes. Pins handed over. God writes amazing story. People are amazed. You have a story like that, some of you. But others of you, you're like, I don't know if I ever have this before and after in my life, Dave. Your question of do I know about God or do I know Jesus has really vibed me out. The Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. And as the band comes up, I want to tell you something. You can have a second story written in your life. It doesn't have to be this way. If, if you're living a life where you're like, man, I identify with a demon-possessed guy. You're like, oh, I didn't know. I thought I had to come in here and act religious and I had to obey all these things. No, 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 no. Come to Jesus just as you are. You're welcomed here and he's welcoming you. He looks at your heart and he goes, oh, I could do so much with a heart like that. I want to heal that. I want to forgive that. I want to give you eternal life. Do you want a second story written in your life? You see, there's this verse called Romans 6.23. And the issue is this. The issue is that for the wages of sin is death. Everybody say death. Eternal death. We're all going to die. We know that. But eternal death. The wage means that you're being paid something, right? If you go get a job, you're, you're hired at a wage. The Bible says that the sin that you have not given to Jesus all lies on me. The sin that you haven't given to Jesus for that forgiveness, you, you owe a price. The payment for that sin if you've ever judged somebody, if you've ever lusted, if you've ever manipulated, lied, whatever those things are in your life that you've done, guys, listen to this. The penalty is eternal death separated from God. That's why we make such a big deal out of this. Eternity is a long time. But, everybody say but. Oh, here comes the good news, though. You see, for the wages of sin is death. You have a death sentence upon your soul. But Jesus came. And he paid the price of that debt with his blood. He said, put the justice upon me. I'll, satis I'll take the satisfaction of your justice, God. Because God is a just God before he can be a loving God. I don't want to follow a God that just loves people but lets them do whatever they want to other people. You've been hurt by people and so have I. Jesus looks at, God looks at that and goes, someone's got to pay. Either my son or you. So the free gift of God. So it's not something you can pay for or earn through good behavior, voting the right way, coming to this youth group. No, man, you come to Jesus and say, I want the gift. And anybody who asks for this gift can have it. Y'all are exceptional people. And I doubt any of you live in a cemetery. So if Jesus would save him, I think you've got it. It's a pretty safe bet that he wants to give you the same gift that he gave this man. Because none of us come to him any better or any worse than this demon-possessed guy. The only thing that this guy had going for him is his willingness to say, can I have a second story written in my life? And Jesus says, yes. He says yes to you too. The free gift comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why we worship him. That's why we sing these songs to him. This is why we try to be like him. Because no greater love is this than a man who would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus wants to call you a friend, no longer an enemy. You could be made right with God. So I'm not going to drag this out. I want you all to stand on your feet. I want us to kill the lights in here.
Whoa, 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 hang tight. So there's two groups of people in here. The first group is this, no one leaves the room. No one leaves the room. All eyes on me. This is it. This is the distraction point of the sermon, okay? You can barely contain yourself. You're like, David, would you just shut up and let me accept Jesus? I need to be forgiven. I didn't understand how this worked. I want Jesus. I want to know Jesus. So here's the deal. I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come up front, and I'm going to pray with you right now to receive Christ. This is not a rededication service. This is for someone, you're looking at yourself, you're going, I've never done this. I don't have a second story written in my life. If you need to grab a hand of a friend, and if even it's one person, I don't care. It's about what, what God wants to do in this room, so Holy Spirit, have your way. So come up front right now, and I want to pray with you. I won't make you do anything weird, but I will wait. Let them out. Let them out. Make room for the people that are trying to get out. Come on up. Come on up, bro. Come on up. Yes. I almost fell in it. Come here. Come here. Yeah. Oh, Ace. Cassandra. Cassie. Cassidy. Come on up. Come on up. You know, guys, heaven is doing a lot better job right now than you are celebrating this. Just come on. Come on up. Squeeze in. Squeeze in. Yes. Yes. Come on. Uh, anybody that wants Jesus right now, come on. We're going to give you about 10 more seconds. All right. Okay, guys. All right. So this is a sacred moment. And maybe if there's one or two in here who's like, dude, I can't come up front. Come on, bro. It's not too late. You're like, oh, I guess I can't be saved. Oh, yeah, you can. Pray right where you stand. Okay? This, this is a gift for everybody. But I honor the bravery of you guys to say, I want it so bad, I'm willing to come up front. So here's the deal. I'm going to lead you through a prayer, okay? And let's just drop it down real, real, real low. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I want to let you know that it's not the prayer that saves you. What saves you is God is looking at the sincerity of your heart. And if you really want this forgiveness, if you want this new life, if you want a second story written in your life, guys, Jesus says, anybody who asks me for this for forgiveness, this gift, I will give it without any fault. So pray with me. DSM, pray out loud with me to support them as they pray to the Father for the first time. You ready? So pray with me right now. Dear Jesus, I confess I admit I'm not perfect. I admit that I'm a sinner. I agree that my sin is a debt that I can never pay clear. So I trust in the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus, I trust that you took my penalty. You went in my place and you took the wrath of God for me so that I could receive eternal life so that in this moment in my life I could exchange my sin for your forgiveness and grace I want to exchange my life my past my future for you Jesus your life your past your future 
I commit to follow you the rest of my life. Fill me right now with the Holy Spirit. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to let you know two things happen before we celebrate. And oh, we're going to celebrate. But there's two things that happen. And as I look into your eyes, I'm so moved. I'm so moved. Because I know what you're feeling. Because I, I was you at one point. It's like, oh, the burden is gone, right? Like, guys, nothing that you've done is ever going to be held against you. God says, what sin? All I see is beauty and Jesus in you. You're free. And so the Bible says that anybody who asks for this gift receives it. But secondly, it says heaven celebrates. Remember the story of the woman who lost the lost coin? That one coin. And when she found it, it's, remember heaven celebrated? Guys, you are the lost coins tonight. So I celebrate with heaven. And I say, welcome to the family. Now we can celebrate. Yeah, now we can celebrate. So guys, we got a couple of minutes. Would you go over there to where our DLA students are? And they just want to talk to you and just help you make those next steps about what it means to follow God. So if y'all could just go over there, all those amazing students, they want to hear your story and they want to hook you up with all that you need. So, because when babies are born, you just don't leave them in the hospital, do you? No, you take care of them and you change their diapers. Remember these faces because it's your job, DSM, to show them what it looks like to be a committed Christ follower. Y'all ready? Y'all committed? Guys, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Who else in the Colorado Springs area needs to hear what they just heard? Hey, even better, what would it look like if you knew how to lead people in your life towards this? Would y'all be into that? Next week, I'm going to train you, and I'm going to show you how to share Christ at your school with your friends without making it awkward. Y'all into that? So next week, bring your friends. And so here's what I want you to do tonight. As you go home, say, Lord, what are the pigs? What are the pigs that need to go? What I would encourage you to do is shed some light on those pigs and put it on Instagram and say, in this pig, this pig, this pig, this pig, they're gone. And we're going to hit like and we're going to celebrate. We're going to pray for you. Let's worship because Jesus deserves to be worshiped. We are DSM. We are DSM. All right, let's worship like it. Come on. Waking up knowing that's a reason All my dreams come alive, life is for living With you, I made my decision You lift me up, fill my eyes with wonder Forever young in your love, this freedom's untainted with you, no moment is wasted. You guys ready? See the sun and see the sun now proceed through the clouds. Black and white, turn your color on the rounds. All is new in the Savior life. Yeah, this is living now.
Alright, we're going to keep worshiping, but if you got to get out of here, we love you guys. We will see you this coming Sunday. I'm preaching in the big house, so bring your friends, okay? And I want to see you there Sunday, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I'm going to be preaching in the big house, then we're going to be back here next week. So love you guys. Have a good week. Live second. There you go. See the sun now bursting through the clouds. Love you guys.